0: Coming up next on the Cultural Connections podcast, we will be joined by John Oliver, candidate for city council from Ward 1 at large in Newton, Massachusetts. This episode is being recorded live on Friday, March 5th, 2021. This is the Cultural Connections
1: podcast. Okay, good afternoon, everybody. My name is Brian Ives, and I am the producer and host of the Cultural Connections podcast. Before I introduce our guest this late afternoon, early evening, I want to remind all of our viewers that we are coming to you live here on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And to keep in mind here that immediately following the broadcast, this episode will be available on viewing platforms Instagram as well as listening platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and many more of your favorite listening platforms, as well as new TV in Newton, Massachusetts, which is where we're broadcasting from. Now, since we're broadcasting from Newton, Massachusetts, this is our second episode where we're going to be focusing more on a little bit more on a local level of culture, you, you can say, uh, especially more in terms of the fact that here in Newton, Massachusetts, again, where we're broadcasting from, there is a special election coming up for the city council coming up on March 16th, Tuesday, March 16th. My guest with us today is john oliver no not the john oliver that has a british accent and a show on hbo although it would be nice to have him on but we do not have him but we have someone just as good we have a newton massachusetts resident here who is running for the ward one at large seat if you caught our episode uh last uh, time we had the opportunity to interview Tariq lucas who is running for the other ward cl at large seat. Uh, as well, so check that one out, and then we now obviously here have John Oliver with us. Now, thank you, John, for joining me. And in addition, I just want to let people know that we will have later on in the show for you the information on how you can uh, where to vote and how to vote, because there's many different ways you can vote in this upcoming election. And again, the election here in Newton is on March Tuesday, March 16th. So coming up very soon. Uh, so thank you, John, for joining me today.
2: Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to come on and uh, have a chat. Great. All right. So, well, without further ado,
1: I also want to remind our viewers here as we are live that we're live, as you know, on three different platforms. So if you have questions you would like answered within the next 40 minutes, there's roughly about 30 to 40 minutes that we'll be live here. Please feel free to comment below with your questions either on Facebook, Twitter, on YouTube. For the first part of the show, where I will be monitoring the Facebook feed. For the second part, I'll be monitoring moderating, mo- monitoring the Twitter feed. And for the last part of the show, I'll monitor the YouTube feed. Because we are live here through Zoom technology, I can only access through my phone here one ounce of technology at a time. So if my eyes look like I'm going glancing to the side here, it's just because I am looking for your questions. So please feel free to go ahead and ask your questions if you're watching from home. So, without further ado, here the first question for you, John, is a simple one here, and that is, a, tell us a little bit about yourself and why you decided to run for Newton City Council.
2: Certainly, happy to. So, I've uh, I've been in Newton for about eighteen years now. Uh, my wife and I have a ninth grader at uh, Newton North Local High School here. Uh, And I've been engaged in the community for about 10 years, twice as a uh, co-president of a local school PTO, uh, first at Horace Mann Elementary and currently uh, at Newton North, uh, again, local high school. Uh, I'm a founder at Newton North, or sorry, Newton Athletic Fields Foundation, and I'm also an appointed board member at Newton Community Ed. Uh, By day, Uh, I am a marketing consultant where I have spent the last 20 plus years working with our clients to help solve their their more complex challenges. And what I've learned uh, through that entire process is how to help companies kind of organize and get excited about uh, supporting solutions that deliver the results that they're looking for. And I'm running for city council here in Newton because I believe I have the, the experience and the perspective to help navigate to the Newton that we want and still retain what we love about the Newton that we already have. And a little bit behind kind of how I got here, how I'm actually, you know, how I made the decision uh, to run for city council happened a couple of years ago uh, when uh, here in Newton, we were having a conversation about uh, building a new senior center uh, or, or, or as we called it, new Cal. And the city announced, uh, I believe it was the summer of 19, it was somewhere in the July, August timeframe. They announced that they wanted to build the new facility in the middle of one of our local parks. And that really struck me as an odd choice. So that started me on this path of starting to really kind of lean in, to to listen harder, to understand what decisions were being made here in, in Newton and i also discovered that there were a lot of residents who who were expressing uh, shall we call some some concerns they were feeling like their voices weren't being heard there were some who felt that their you know they had an opportunity to express an opinion but that their opinion had been ignored and there were even others who who didn't know what was going on and didn't have a chance to tip in any thoughts you know, whatsoever and I think that primarily one of the things, one of the reasons that uh, I'm running is so that I can try and help that situation, to help people feel more informed, to get out ahead of these decisions that are being made by sharing data and information in ways that people have greater access to it, know where to look for it, and can not only digest it easily, but contribute in productive ways. So that's, that's just a little bit about me and, and a little bit of the background and, and the, the, the focus I might be bringing or I am bringing to, to running for city council here.
1: although that's great. Uh, absolutely great. My um, next question to you here then is, which can jump us right into this, is then what is the most important issue in Newton that if elected you believe personally you can change?
2: Absolutely. And I think I kind, of, um, I kind of alluded to it or just talked about it a little bit here. And, and to me, the most important part, that, or the most important thing that I want to focus on, and it's the most important because it affects almost everything going on here in the city, and it's twofold. It has to do with transparency of information and dissemination of that information. I want to see all of not only just our city councilors and our school committee members have and provide new i don't it doesn't matter what format but as an example newsletters and information about how we're voting on all of the thi- all of the issues that come in front of us and, and why we we're voting or thinking about voting the way that we are and i want to create a much more cohesive approach to the mm-hmm. way that we're getting things done here in Newton not only to help build more consensus behind the solutions we're bringing to the table, and also in, in, the, in the hope that we are creating a more cohesive set of opinions and awareness of what people are thinking throughout our city. But I also believe that'll be really important to help us increase our efficiency. There are a lot of things on the, on the table right now, as you well know, here in Newton, and I don't think that distinguishes Newton in any way, shape, or form, but we have a lot to get done. And the more quickly we can move through that, the better.
1: Absolutely, no, I agree with you. Uh, then that leads into here that if you are elected to the city council, what would be the top three issues you would want to address first?
2: Well, I think a few of the top priorities are, are again, they're, they're probably not unique or they're definitely not unique to, to Newton. And um, In order, I would consider that to be COVID-19. We need to get through this entire pandemic as gracefully as we possibly can. Uh, Here in Newton, we've already lost, uh, I think the number that, well, we've lost over 200 residents to this virus. Uh, We are turning a corner, not only as a region, a city, but as a country. We've gotta continue to push to get more vaccines in people's arms. We've gotta get our schools open. Uh, Most of our schools here in Newton are only partially open um, we're starting now to get them all open by mandate. Uh, While well, we assume there'll be a mandate coming down to get our elementary schools open for full-time in-person learning by the end of the month, and then roll that out to middle schools and high schools. Um, and then, from a, you know, immediately following that, as a as a significantly pressing issue for sure, is climate change in our environment. That's mission critical. Newton's got a lot of things that we've started, a lot of projects and plans. Now it's time to turn those into action. And then I think probably the next issue that, again, isn't unique to, to Newton, but it's, it's not quite as dramatic in, in, its, in its impact is affordable housing. We've got to solve for affordable housing here in Newton. We have opportunities. There are tools at our disposal that I think we need to start to implement. And I'm looking forward to the opportunity to work with the entirety of City Council and the city in figuring out the best path forward uh, when it comes to affordable housing.
1: Absolutely, and those three issues actually that you mentioned we're going to be getting into now for the rest of the episode here, this episode of this podcast on all different uh, topics related to different things that are. You could, I could say, hot topics here. I was going to say,
2: my guess is those were predictably, you know, amongst the top five or ten. That's for sure. Yes,
1: absolutely. So, um, my first of the first topic we're going to really get into really is development here in Newton, and recently. There has been a lot of uh, proposed developments, and just to name two of them here is the proposed development on Needham Street, also known as the Northland development. There's the Riverside T-Station development, which includes the site of the Hotel Indigo right next door to it. Uh, And again, these are just to name two of the many that are out there and being proposed around the city. Uh, so in your view it, um how much is um development is is too much development and are you in favor of, of all this development what what is your viewpoint
2: yeah no great question great question and i like how you framed it as well because here in newton you know for the past year the newton city council has been deep in discussions around uh changes to our zoning And while I think it's critical for us to look at our zoning because we know there are elements of our zoning that are broken, Uh, we know we have too many teardowns, too many McMansions going on. It's a very complicated, uh, onerous process at times to obtain a special permit. And there are some other things that are challenging within our zoning that we need to fix. There are are some other more broad uh, sweeping changes that are being considered, including the elimination of single family zoning in large parts of, or the entire city. Uh, that's something I do not support. Um, I'll start there. Um, another consideration or another thing that's under consideration is the by right development of multiple units on residential lots. Um, that's also something that I think needs a, a lot more scrutiny before we, we actually vote on it. And I'd like to think that in, in One of the things I think Newton has done a fantastic job with over the past, well, 10 years or so at least, is we dedicate a significant amount of energy and uh, effort behind what I'm going to call plans and strategies. We have a comprehensive plan, we have a housing strategy, we have a transportation strategy, we have an um, OSRP or open spaces and recreational plan, we have a climate action plan, but I get the sense that we can do a better job of bringing those strategies and plans into kind of the tactical realm of things like zoning, because right now I see that there's a bit of a disconnect between the two. And I think, you know, and Brian, you mentioned it a second ago, which I think is critical.
1: We Mm -hmm. need to
2: have a conversation here in Newton that includes the city, the city council and all of our residents across all of our villages, all 13 villages, what is the right amount of growth? Because it's written up in our our comprehensive plan that in order to maintain the same level of what I'll call city services and infrastructure, and that's everything from sidewalks and roads to uh, the same rough size of uh, classrooms, same number of students per classroom, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, we can grow by 15% is what was written up in that plan. And so at the time that was written, um, if you start to do a little bit of the math, you know, my, my best, you know, back of the napkin math says, all right, that's roughly 4,800 units. And as you mentioned a few minutes ago, Newton has already greenlighted several fairly large scale development projects, totaling a little over 2,000 units. And those are just the bigger projects. So if we look at it from that perspective, I would imagine somewhere in the area of 2,500 more units before we really start to create an amount of demand for city services that is going to exceed our ability to deliver them. And then what residents like you and I are going to start to experience, those city services are going to be less and less available to us. So from a kind of a back of the napkin kind of a perspective, that's how I'm thinking about it. And perhaps we need to update those numbers. Like, I think that, that's a worthwhile exercise and a great question to ask.
1: Absolutely, no. And then you're, you're right on to the next question here, which was gonna be on zone, specifically related to zoning, which has been something ongoing here throughout the city for, for a while now about the changing of the city zoning codes, as you said, uh, getting rid of the uh, single family zoning ordinance there. Uh, let's talk zoning for for a minute here and continue the, this discussion what 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 is the proper way to change Newton zoning to make it work for everyone in this city then?
2: Yeah, and I think that that's that is the that is the million dollar question. Um, I have my own opinions. I've heard a lot of different opinions i've I've listened to, almost all, I'll say 80 plus percent of the zoning and planning committee uh, meetings. I've been to several office hours. I've read the proposals. I've been involved in the conversations. I attended the, the sessions that our ZAP committee uh, put together in early December. I think it was December 2nd and 3rd. And I think what, what I'm hearing a lot of is a lot of frustration a lot, of, a lot of legitimate questioning around how do we see Newton evolving? I've heard people ask, and I think this is a really important question and a great topic for us to have a conversation about probably before we even enter the, the how do we deal with zoning? And that is, the, the, the question is very basic and that is, does Newton see, do we see ourselves as a suburb in the greater Boston area or do we see ourselves as a city that's adjacent to Boston? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really compelling conversation because about a, up until about a year ago, I had never questioned that. I, from my perspective, I look out my window and I see a suburb of Boston. But it's interesting to me because here in Newton, as you well know, we've got 13 village centers. Some of them have a little bit more or a significantly greater amount of density in them. And I think that each, each of our village centers has a different composition. A- again, I hate to keep saying this, but as you well know, you know uh, Newton Highlands is different than Newton Center, which is different than Newton Corner, than Waben, than Nonantum. And each of them have their own characteristics, right? They're closer to or further away from public transportation. They're on major thoroughfares or they're not. They have increased density and some of them don't. And what we need to do is understand as a whole, what do we, where is Newton going? How are we gonna get there? And then we need to have those conversations about how to each, what is the role then of each of our cities or our village centers in in the entire city's plan? So that's a really long winded way of saying Yes, we have some conversation to go there in my opinion.
1: And absolutely.
2: I think it's going to be a very productive and you know, I'm looking forward to being part of that. You know, whether whether yes. I win this race or not, i you know, I'm participating as a resident. It'll be fascinating Great. as well.
1: Of course, no, absolutely. I agree 100% with you. Um, I, before we go further in questions, I just want to remind our viewers here that we're coming to you live here on Wednesday, uh, Wednesday, it's Friday, Trisha Illustrator Academia. here, Friday, March 5th, 2021. Uh, we are live on three different platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. We are now monitoring monitoring the Twitter feed here. So if you are joining us live via Twitter, feel free to put your questions below here on in the live feed here and we will answer them live. If you're on Facebook or YouTube right now and you have the ability to switch over to Twitter, I recommend doing that. Otherwise, be patient with be patient with me and you'll see you and if you have a question and you post it there, you will likely see it answered before the end of this broadcast today. Uh, But again, if you also miss this, any bit of it, it will be available after the broadcast as well as on many other platforms. And you can find that out uh, all on our different social media pages. So going in uh, into our next question here, uh, which is going to be about uh, is something that's also been a little bit heated, which is related directly to the city council, has been the discussion about reducing the size of the city council, specifically uh, in the idea of eliminating the ward councillor position, which, in other words, means not necessarily your position that you're running for, but the local representation on the council. What is your Take on these on these uh, this debate going back and forth, and what do you think is the right way?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, a couple of a couple of thoughts on this because you're right. This came up in in the you know the proposed changes to the charter a couple of years ago, and uh, the measure did not uh, did not pass. And uh, I was a I'm a firm believer in represent local representation. Therefore, I support maintaining ward-based city councilors. And I believe that is critical from the perspective of something I just mentioned a few minutes ago. We have 13 village centers throughout Newton. Newton is a a fairly large geographically city. And I think that it's mission critical that the ward, for example, I'm in Ward 1. that someone from Ward 1 be accessible to the neighbors and the neighborhoods that are here and the unique needs of Ward 1. You move over to like Ward 5 or Ward 6, I'm not exactly sure which ward is physically the furthest, the center of which ward is the furthest away from, physically, from Ward 1, but we need to have that type of representation. I mean, if you look around some other cities and areas around um, Massachusetts, I believe it's Worcester or Lowell, that got away with that kind of ward based representation and they're regretting it because what's starting to happen is that you get a group of represent representatives or city councilors, in our case that are all from one geographic area or portion of the city and of course they're familiar with what's going on over here but they're not as familiar with what's going on over on on other parts of the city and and you start to create you know disparities there And, and that's something i think uh, we need to avoid at all costs here in
1: Newton. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can agree again with you on that. Uh, moving along here to another discussion point that is here in Newton that you mentioned earlier towards the beginning of our, our podcast today was about making Newton more affordable to city to live in. Uh, as of recently, the median cost for a home to live in a single family home in Newton here is roughly over, getting close to over a million dollars now what do you think is the best way to make Newton a more affordable city to live in for everyone?
2: Absolutely. And I I think it's, I think it's well over a million dollars. I think the last, the last report I read, it was 1.1. So these are big numbers. So I think that when we start to talk about affordable housing, we need to, we need to even, we need to be very precise here and and talk very explicitly about what we're talking about. And we're talking about you know, anything, if we start to think about things in terms of AM, AMI, or Area Median Income, right, that's a fairly large you know, and well-established figure. It's, it, uh, there are AMIs for every part of the country. It's a federally determined figure. Uh, I think in our area, it's somewhere around 110 It varies by size of family, but if we were to say it's roughly $110,000 AMI here in Newton, are we talking about affordable housing? It's 80% of that number, 50% of that number. And there, there's even a benefit in approaching 100% of that figure, because as we just talked about, as prices continue to increase here in not just Newton, but this entire area, we need to be considering what we're thinking about or what we're talking about when we talk affordable housing. And as far as how I think we need to start to approach this, uh, very simplistically, and I think that this is actually a, an important part of the conversation. The first thing we have to do is shrink the total cost of a project, right? That, you know, if, if we can build a, a five-unit uh, uh, property for one point three million dollars, and we can look for a to work with a not a, you know a, a not-for-profit developer who can do that same project and save maybe one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, hundred thousand dollars, that's worth doing then we need to consider how, how we can spread the, the remaining cost right, of that development across multiple entities, known as subsidies otherwise. So right. from my perspective, it's shrinking the total cost and spreading the cost out across as many entities as we can. Those are the two basic premises. Then there are a group of tools for each of those, um, you know, shrinking the total cost and spreading the cost. And zoning is only one of those tools. We can start to consider things like, um, how do we create a housing trust or even land trusts here in Newton? Both of which have some really interesting opportunities, both of which have implications that we need to consider and really kind of explore and have a conversation around. And then we need to also realize that at some point as a city, Newton is 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 going to be able to do so much through partnering with for profit or not for profit developers, creating a housing trust, creating, you know, maybe we even go as far as considering um, You know, um, a transfer tax upon the sale of a new home. I don't want to get into detail on that. I don't even know if I support that premise because that puts an additional burden on the affordability of, of homes. However, there are all there. They are all opportunities for us to to consider leveraging, and I think that that's that's the conversation we need to be having. Is all right. What of all of the options that are out there? Which ones are we going to choose, and how do we work with them in in combination to get the results that we're looking for? Of course,
1: I've absolutely agreed. All right. So switching topics here into a different topic here now, and this is. Um, that it's also uh, been talked a lot recently, especially in these last few months, is that on January 5th, a mentally ill man with a knife was fatally shot by police in Newton Highlands. Uh, How do we make sure incidents like this don't happen again? There's been, I know obviously a lot going on about police reform now in the city. What is your take on, on this?
2: Right, tragic events on the 5th, horrible. First, first, Officer-involved shooting in Newton, and I believe almost 40 years, if I remember the the figure correctly. Um, and I do think that the mayor, uh, you know, several months prior to that, organizing the you know uh, the reform task force, the police reform task force, was the right step. I think that right now there are two critical things we need to do here in Newton. Uh, following these events is number one. Let's see. Let Let's allow the process of the investigation that's going on right now. I believe it's uh, Assistant or, or DA uh, Ryan. Uh, I believe it has an investigation underway. I think uh, I haven't actually heard when those results or the results of that inv- investigation uh, are forthcoming. But I want to hear what actually happened. Right now, we're working off of rumors and, and you know, possibilities. And maybe this happened, and maybe it was that. Uh, and I think the facts that we've heard so far are you know, they're, they're not enough to really work with and, and to move forward right. with or to find a solution for just yet.
1: Mm-hmm. And I also
2: want to hear what that task force has to say about because they were tasked with looking at, the, at, at Newton's Police Department kind of at a, at a 30,000 foot level. And I want to hear what they I want to hear what they've seen, what they've heard, what opportunities we as a community have to work with our police department to make further improvements, because I do believe that what we're going to hear is there are things that are, there are improvements, opportunities for us that are, that are outside of the realm of, of our police department. For example, we know that, that that's um, our neighbor who, you know, uh, who we're talking about, right? He, he entered the, the public domain with a knife in his hand. He hit a point of crisis. He needed help. The programs that used to be in place that were available to him have been canceled due to budget cuts. Well, maybe we need to consider bringing those programs back. And those were, I believe, both state and county-based programs. So we need to take a look at that. And I'm very curious to be able to get the results, of, you know, the results of the investigation from the shooting on the fifth, as well as the task force, to, to really kind of have a starting point for those conversations. Mission critical um, to improve.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. That definitely agree with you there.
2: Um, also important to add. Sorry, just to jump in, like. The police officers that I've spoken to, because I live in a neighborhood where you know we have a we have a, a state officer at the end of our road, and we've got several uh, NPD officers. Right, I mean literally within a block in almost all directions of me. Um, they are all aware of the need to continuously improve, and they're on board. They want to be a part of that process. So I'm excited to kind of. Be able to, you know, it sounds like we've got things lined up. Now we just need to start marching towards improvements.
1: Absolutely. No, agreed. It's definitely something that needs to be uh, continued to be worked on. Uh, moving along here, our next question, next question here is about what you, you mentioned also about this at the beginning is about the school systems here, our school system here in Newton, and that Newton is known for being ranked as having one of the best school systems in the country. However, obviously, last year did the COVID-19 pandemic. Newton was one, obviously, most school systems that had to make that decision to do virtual learning um, across the the city. Uh, A year where most students are, and a year later now, most students are still learning um, uh, remotely. It's either that or in a hybrid model, as you mentioned earlier. And now there is the reports out there of the possibility of starting to slowly return kids to the classroom in the elementary school level by April. What what are your thoughts with this, and how can we continue to uh, uh, make sure that our children's well being, especially because being in person, they say it's better for you than obviously learning in a virtual environment.
2: Yeah, no, um, great great question, and I think what's One one thing I'd like to kind of course correct on is if if a few decisions go the way that they're expected to, elementary schools will be open for full-time in-person learning across the state within the next three weeks. So that to me is, I mean, granted, that's a very short timeframe between now and April 1st, but as a state, you know, it's been a long process. And I think that, you know, thinking about Newton in particular, a lot of our peer communities in and around this area, uh, they've been open and and continue to be open for a a lot more um, in-person learning on your average week. Uh, They're putting together many, many, many more hours of in-person instruction than Newton. I think that when we started to make our decisions here in Newton. We were not acknowledging the data, the science, and, and in particular, the expertise that was available to us at no cost, by the way, right here in Newton. Uh, I, don't to, you know, I don't think I need to go into any more detail there, but we passed on the opportunity to leverage expertise at no cost to us to get our schools open. And I believe that it's also important, like you mentioned a minute ago, that we need to not only make sure it's safe for our students, but our teachers. Uh, There's been very little evidence of any transmission between um, students and teachers, while inside the the learning environment inside the building. And I think that starting a, a week from yesterday, our ability to get teachers vaccinated as a priority is going to continue, is going to further that opportunity to be safe and get our schools open quickly. And I really hope, and I am excited to hear that as a parent, and I'm hopeful that as a candidate for city council, that we continue, Newton continues to push forward and really commit to, you know, clearing the hurdles that I'm sure we're, we're going to, that'll be in our, in our path.
1: Absolutely, absolutely agreed uh, there, definitely. And moving along here to our next to the next question here uh, is about the environment, which is another big topic here in Newton, and you can go all sorts of directions with this. And one of the big things, I think, in recent years that has gotten a lot of discussion points here and a lot of debate back and forth is that discussion over leaf blowers in the city what are your take on leaf blowers in the city? Is it a good idea to keep them banned or not have them banned?
2: Well, I think that there's, there are a lot of facets to this that I was unaware of and, until, I, until I announced that I was running for city council. <laughs> uh, because I, I had always thought that the, the ban on leaf blowers was primarily or exclusively uh, based on noise. Well, certainly it is, but it's also the amount of carbon these things create, at least the gas-powered versions, uh, as well as you know, uh, people who have allergies. Right? It, it stirs up a lot of allergens. I think that the ban itself makes sense. I'd like to see op- or, um, alternatives. Uh, for example, here, we, you know, several years ago, we moved to a battery-powered um, uh, uh, not only leaf blower, but lawn uh, lawnmower. I think that that significantly lessens the concerns, and as you as you you know, I think the conversation here in Newton is has migrated from should we ban because we did, to right. now how do we enforce that ban, and I think that that's that's an important issue for us to take up, and I think that ties into how do we how how are we looking at our policing in Newton so that. We don't have to send someone you know we don't have to send a police officer to to enforce a a ban on something you know something like a a leaf blower and how do we work that out and how do we how do we make sure that we're enforcing the ordinances that we have in place
1: yeah that's very much very much true there absolutely and um Absolutely. Uh, So one of the next questions here before I get to that, I just want to remind our viewers yet again that we are here live uh, with John Oliver on uh, and we are live here on Facebook, Twitter and YouTube. We are discussing the uh, John is running for the upcoming uh, city council special election here in Newton, Massachusetts in the Ward one at large seat. Um, and before we actually I go further, I want to remind all of our viewers that how you can go about voting in this election. I'm reminded the election is Tuesday, March 16th, 2021. You can vote by mail, but if you would like to vote by mail, you need to get your application in very soon because the deadline is fast approaching. If you'd like to vote by mail, you can go to newton at www.newtonma.gov backslash government backslash elections Um, for an application for a mail-in ballot that needs to be received into City Hall by um, uh, March 10th. So you have a little bit more time on that to get that in. And if you don't get it in by March 10th, you cannot vote by mail. You can also vote early up to one week in advance at Newton City Hall in this election. And you can find out also voting in person like you regularly would on an election on Election Day again, Tuesday, March 16th. And you can find out your polling location at the same location. Uh, at the same website that I just gave you, or by calling 617 796 1200, and you can mail your mail in ballot applications uh, to City Hall. You can uh, get those off the city website there, and you can mail them to 1000 Commonwealth Avenue in Newton, Massachusetts, 02459, or just drop it off in the City Hall drop box located outside City Hall. And again, as a reminder to our viewers, we're live here on Facebook. Uh, YouTube and Twitter. Right now, we are monitoring, monitoring the YouTube feed. So if you have questions and you're watching us through YouTube and you have questions for John, please feel free to ask here through YouTube as we get near to the end of our broadcast. We have two more questions here. And my next question to you is going to be about infrastructure. Again, another big topic here in the city. And it can get pretty testy around here, as we've seen in a lot of debates that go on around the city over this very topic and it can be specifically said uh, in terms of the infrastructure of our sidewalks, our roads around the city. I know specifically in the Upper Falls neighborhood where I am, that there are a lot of uh, roads that really are in just such disrepair that it's, a, it's uh, an accident really waiting to happen on driving through these roads. And it's something obviously that needs to be addressed. What are your thoughts on this? And if elected to the city council, how will you address the city's infrastructure issues?
2: Yep. And I do, th- I, I agree with you. I think that it. I think it's fair to say that for a very long time, the city was not taking care of the blocking and tackling when it came to our roads. And I'll extend that to our sidewalks as well. I do think that, However, we we have started to turn the corner. The city has gone through an exhaustive you know uh, um, tabling of all of the roads. All of our roads now have uh, not only a score assigned to them. I believe it's somewhere between twenty and hundred points per per section of road. Um, all of them then have a maintenance schedule kind of attached. You can look it up at the same website uh, that you just kind of pointed people to at the you know newtonma.gov, and I think what's really interesting is we have dedicated a significant portion of our budget uh, for the past several years, and I believe the next several upcoming years, are earmarked to road repair. So I think we're back on the right schedule, but I think it's also important that this is one of the issues that you and I both alluded to when we started to talk about, well, how much more housing can we create in Newton without accelerating the amount of effort we need to put into our roads. And by effort I mean not only manpower but budget. Uh, So all of these things are going to come with a trade-off. But I think in a in a in a summary statement, I think our roads are in desperate need of help and we are in the process of getting those roads fixed up.
1: Absolutely. No, I could agree. And I think it's definitely, it, definitely uh, we have turned a corner. I agree on that. And my final question, as we begin to wrap up here this evening, a uh, question that I did ask, if you watched our, if you've even watched our last episode of our podcast here, and that was when we had Tariq Lucas, who's running for the other open ward seat here at large feet. I asked him the question I'm asking you the same question here is what sets you, what do you think sets you apart from your opponent? In this, uh, in this election, in this race?
2: Sure, I think there are a couple of things that separate myself from my opponent, who, by the way, interestingly enough, is literally my next door neighbor. Oh. <laughs> literally, yeah, a lot of people don't, I mean, how could you know? But uh, yeah, we literally share a fence. Um, so um, it, it's, it's kind of added an interesting, kind of a fun dimension to this whole process. But I sure. think a couple of things that distinguish us, quite frankly, I have 20 plus years worth of professional experience solving the types of problems that we've been talking about for the past 40 minutes here. I know how to analyze these problems, to break them down into components, to to figure out how do we gain consensus? How do we get people behind the solutions so that they're they're actively saying, yes, this is the solution I want and I wanna be a part of that solution. And doing that for 20 plus years, I think another area where my opponent uh, and I differ is in our approach. Uh, I've heard uh, I've heard her say several times that uh, she believes we need to kind of reimagine certain aspects of our city, whether that's you know our police department or policing perhaps more in general, and we need to refocus and undo and redo. Whereas I look at Newton and and I start from a place, a, a significantly different place. I see Newton as a fantastic place where we've gotten more things right than we've gotten wrong. And what I wanna do is I wanna take all the things we've gotten right and build on them. Certainly Newton needs to grow and we need to modernize and we have our challenges. We've talked about many of them right here, right now. I wanna start from a firm foundation and grow from there because I don't, like I said in my opening, I don't want to give up the Newton that we already have because it's a pretty fantastic place and people love it here. I'm one of them and that's why I'm running. I want to I work with what we've got and build from there. So I think Absolutely. those are the, the bigger differences you'll find. Oh,
1: absolutely. I get hear with what you're saying. And that brings us to the end of this episode. I, I want to thank you, John, for joining me again today. And I just want to, again, one more time, remind our, our viewers about how you can go ahead and vote. And I'll also share how you can also get involved with John's campaign in just a moment. But again, a reminder that the election is on Tuesday, March 16th. You can vote by mail. And if you choose to vote by mail, you must Fill out a vote-by-mail application, and you must get. You can get that form available on www.newtonma.gov/government/elections. backslash The application for the mail-in ballot, though, must be completed and received by the by Newton City Hall by March March 10th. So that is upcoming. That's just in a couple of days from now. So if you are wanting to vote by mail, now is the time to get uh, get cracking on that. You can also vote early up to one week ahead of the election at Newton City Hall, um, and you can do that there as well. And you can find you can also vote like you normally would on Election Day, Tuesday, uh, Tuesday, March 16th. And you can find your polling location and more um, on the city website, the same one I just mentioned, or by calling 617-796-1200. Uh, As a reminder, the mail-in ballot applications need to be mailed to 1000 Commonwealth Avenue, Newton, Massachusetts, 02459, or dropping it off in the Dropbox at City Hall. Um, In addition, just one, if you are interested in getting involved in John's uh, campaign, you can visit his campaign website, which I'm going to share here on the screen. And that is uh, at www.johnoliver4newton.org. You see his website up here on the screen. There's many ways to get involved here on with his campaign, and you can find that out along with this. If you missed the website that I gave you for how to get a mail-in ballot or how to go about that or information on voting, you can find all of that and more on his campaign site as well. So with all of that said, I want to thank again, John here for joining me and stay tuned here for coming more episodes here on the Cultural Connections podcast. Thank you again
0: for joining us for this episode of the Cultural Connections podcast. To learn more about this episode, be sure to check out our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also listen to this podcast in its entirety on listening platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Breaker, Radio Public, New TV, and many more of your favorite podcasting platforms. Thank you again for joining us on this episode of the Cultural Connections Podcast.